Hey, it's Alan Berg. Are you coming to Wedding MBA this year? Well, I'll be there again. I haven't missed one since the first one in 2007. So I look forward to seeing you there. And if you want to save $20 off the current ticket price and they get higher as you get closer, go to WeddingMBA.com. Use the promo code Alan, A-L-A-N. WeddingMBA.com, promo code Alan, save $20. I look forward to seeing you there. Before we get into this episode, I'm starting something called Ask Me Anything. That's right. You submit your questions and they could become an entire episode or something that I answer at the end of an episode. To submit your questions, look for the red button at podcast.allenberg.com. That's right, podcast.allenberg.com. Click on the red button, submit your question, and maybe you'll hear it here on the podcast. Thanks. When I talk about scaling on my series for scaling businesses, most people think of scaling up. But my next guest has also scaled his business down on purpose, and it's something that you might want to do to right-size your business. Listen in. Thanks for tuning in to the Wedding Business Solutions Podcast. I'm Alan Berg, speaker, author, sales trainer, website reviewer, and business consultant to wedding and event businesses just like yours. These ideas apply to businesses, not just wedding and event businesses, and I want to help you sell more, profit more, convert more leads, and have more fun doing it in the process. Enjoy this episode. For my series on scaling, I wanted to not just have businesses that have scaled up, but also businesses that have right-sized themselves. And my next guest is a friend who has taken his business up and then back down on purpose, Adam Teagues. Adam, how are you today? Hi, Alan. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. And when I started this series on scaling, I immediately thought of you because years ago, I can't remember how many years ago, you and I had the conversation when I was out there on the West Coast. And you were talking about taking your business that you had built up, a, a DJ business, from just you to mul- what it was called a multi-op. And then you said, you know what? I'm going back to just me. And we talked about what you needed to do at that time. And we were talking about your website and everything from the way you dress to your business cards and all that stuff. So give us the, the history here. When did you start your own uh, entertainment company? Yeah. And then instead of we, it was I. Right. Right. When was, yeah. when was that? How, how long How long ago was, was it I to begin with? Yeah, well, 2004 was the official first year of the business. Adam's DJ service was born really out of uh, attending other weddings and, and being a closet or a bedroom DJ is what I like to call it. <laughs> but just seeing other people and, and their lack of skill set compared to what I had and, and even uh, got into shadowing other people at that point in time. And, and it really steered me into hey, I need to do this. This okay. isn't just a hobby. This is something I can not only make money doing, but something I have a passion for and would like to do better than all the other people out there. Now, um, were you DJing someplace before that? Because you said you had skills. So was this yeah, a college well, thing? Like or? I say, but yeah, well, college was it, man. 95 was the year I kind of started learning what a crossfader was and how to hook up equipment. I've always been a gear junkie. I tell clients that I've been collecting music since the 80s, DJing since the 90s, and doing it professionally since the early 2000s. The other thing I, I tell them now, and this is kind of something I use to, to go into what we're talking about today, is uh, like Justin Timberlake went solo and left sync. I decided to do the same thing. And, and about 2010, 2011-ish uh, was when we went back from a multi-op to just me being a solo artist, so to speak. So 2004, it yeah. was just you. Yeah, just and me. Then, and then how long until it wasn't just you? Three, three years later, 2007. 
it got to a point to where I'm booking events, creating demand for myself and having multiple people want me on the same day. Okay. So when it got to a point to where I'm turning away a lot of business, so to speak, because I can't take it, it was a natural progression to just, hey, let's hire more people. I know a lot of other DJs that are looking for some that don't even want their own company. They just kind of want extra work on the weekends. And so at the peak of Adam's DJ service between 2007 and 2010, 11-ish, we had seven or eight guys working for us at, at one time. Right. Uh, so We would, you, we would you do did... seven or eight weddings a day. <laughs> uh, and, and this is what uh, pretty much has been the theme with the people that I've had on on scaling. It was the yeah. demand was there yep. and you built into the demand that was already there, as opposed to some people that come to me and say, I want to get to X. Yes. Right. And then, but they don't have a plan to get to X. I'm like, are you getting more leads than you can handle? And they go, well, no. I'll say, okay, well, let's back this off here. Right. Yep. You, you had the demand that you're like, I can't be in seven places at once, but I know six other guys. Exactly. So let's do this. All right. So now at what point were you like, um, I don't know that I want to do this anymore with all these other guys. And why? Yeah. yeah. Um, several reasons. One, imagine you're, you're at a wedding. On, on any given Saturday and two of your DJs get car accidents. So now you're being pulled away from your clients. And when you thrive on, on providing good customer service, you're not doing that at this point because now you're focusing your energy elsewhere on tow trucks and your wife and your other car going to one of the DJs so they can get to their event. Oh yeah, I've got a grand entrance I got to go do now, you know, or <laughs> One of those, you know, those kinds of things. So the, the added stress of those kinds of things. The other thing, uh, driving factor was, again, the service fact. I've got guys that are great people. As you know, human beings make mistakes. We're not perfect. Nine times out of 10, they'll do a great job. There's that one day they bring their personal life to the event or they're late. And now that reflects badly on you and your company, not them. So I just, I got sick of dealing with the three or four people that were in that boat. And then the fact that as we built this thing up, we could have kept going. We could have, we could have built this thing up to 14 DJs and doing more wedding shows. My thing is there's all these, as you know, wedding shows, booths that you can buy, publications you can buy ads in and this and that. And the other thing, I felt like I was spending all the money that was coming in to keep the business going. Right. right? So when you're doing a quarter million in business, but you're only keeping 40,000 of it, for your family, but you're working hundred hour weeks. And most of that work is me at the wedding show, the booth, trying to fill not my calendar, but the other guy's calendars because right. mine's already full. Right. It just got to a point where why am I working so hard for so little? That that's actually a theme also that I've heard, not just in the wedding industry, but others, even in the speaking industry, there's a group of speakers called the million dollar round table. I know a lot of the people in there. I'm not in there, but I know a lot of people in there. And they said, you know what? When my company was grossing half as much or even less, they said I was netting more. And now I'm grossing more, but I'm netting less. And less. that's what you're talking about. Yep. Is when, when I talk to people about scaling businesses, and if you're listening here, uh, it doesn't matter if you're a venue, a photographer, an invitation person, you sell dresses, you do uh, officiating, it doesn't matter what you do. My phrase is this, Adam, and this is exactly what you're describing. I want to feed your family, not your ego. And, you know, the idea is to profit more. Be happy doing what you're doing and profit more. And that's what right-sizing your business is. If your ego, and, and you know people, and I know people in the industry that are like, hey, I want to do X number of events, right? Okay. And then you end up not making any more money, and you're working 100 hours a week, and you're like, what did I accomplish? 
actually was consulting recently with a company, entertainment company. They did in 2019, 4,000 events, right? I saw your eyes go there. If you're listening, you're not watching this on YouTube. Adam's <laughs> eyes just opened up like huge, like- 4,000 in one year. In one year, right? Yeah, that's but, nuts. Just, right, just try to imagine the scaling from where you were with seven people, right? To even yeah. think about getting to, to 1,000, forget about 4,000, right? To get to 1,000, they're doing 4,000 events a year. And we were talking about, hey, you know, what is 22 going to look like? What is 2023 going to look like? And what's the right number? Is 4,000 too many for them? Is, is 3,000 too many for them? Is 500 the right number, right? That's a possibility as well, because if you can profit more doing a smaller number of events, be happy doing it and not spend the 100 hours or what, or you know what, if you're spending the 100 hours, but you're profiting and you're like, okay, at least I'm, I'm making something here, right? I'm doing, yeah. <laughs> doing something. So you got to that point. And, and I know a lot of people in the industry that are doing as many or more events than you're doing, but they have their systems in place, their back end, and yep. they're charging for it. That's the key is you have to be able to charge for it. And maybe not every market can be there. So when you decided to go, what year was this? You decided, you, you said, it was okay, about I'm 2011. Done. Yeah, about 2011 ish. Right. I say ish because the thoughts were there in 10, 11, okay. we're still there. But so here's the ultimate push. When the government gets involved with an audit and they find that your subcontracted DJs, in their opinion, are employees, you uh-huh. have to pay back taxes and penalties. <laughs> so I, I paid a pretty, some pretty heavy monetary fines for having employees when one, they had their own gear Two, they set their own schedule. I never told them how to operate or, Hey, you need to be here at this time. I gave them options. Like, Hey, if you want to promote yourself, I'll be at this show this weekend. Come work the booth with me. If you want, it wasn't a, Hey, you need to be here at 8am to 8pm. And you know, and you're not in California. What state are you in? Washington state. Right. So you're not in California, but again, the rules have been getting tighter all over the place with yep. that on employees versus, you know, versus contractors. Not. And, and along those lines, a little side note, before we started recording, you were talking about how with the, the pandemic and weddings stopped in a lot of places. And you went and like a lot of people in the industry, you went and got a job outside the industry and you were an employee and being treated not so well. No, <laughs> right? not, Meanwhile, not you're, at all. You're treating your contractors better than you were treated as an employee. And I still do. <laughs> I still do. There, there are, there are a couple of, I say people that I really trust for Mm -hmm. certain types of events and certain projects. I have a guy who can do not only the audio video lighting thing, but he's kind of a carpenter. He's worked a lot of set designs and stuff like, so he always brings spare wood screws and his drills and he's prepared to level some speakers in a yard that might not be level for me and things like that. So I just, I have found a lot of talented people I like to work with and right. give them share the wealth, give them a chunk of the pie that I'm getting. Right. And that's why I don't charge the most, but I don't charge the least either. I'm kind of right. price right. myself appropriately. You know? So let, let's talk about the conversation we had. And I, I think it was yeah. when uh, you brought me to a, uh, an industry event and then drove me to the train station. Cause I was going to see uh, to Portland and then my train was canceled. And you're like, hey, come yeah. to lunch with me at this at this event, and we met some great people there, uh, yeah. which is what I love about the industry, right? Yeah. You and I, I, you've been my client, but you're also my friend. I had an event, and I said, oh, I, I needed a projector and screen, and we were at an event that I was doing. You're like, here, just take this for tomorrow. You're like, yeah. you know, this is what the industry does, and that's, again, why I think why I connected with you so well. So we had a conversation when you said, listen, I'm going from multi-op Again, multi-operative when you have all these seven DJs down to just me. And I had said to you a couple of things. I said, you know what? You are now you the brand, not you these seven people the brand. 
website has to change. Business cards needed to change. The wording, yeah. I and versus we and yeah. Right, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, and you were also going up on price. You were going up on price. And I said, when you go up on price, you know, people are looking at the way you dress. People are looking at everything that you do there. And that all made a difference. Yeah. So what was that transition like? Because it wasn't just, hey, I'm not going to promote all these other people anymore. It's just going to be me. But now you're asking more. What was the reaction that you got from the industry as well as from clients? I dealt with rejection a little bit more because mm -hmm. I did some experimentation with pricing during that time. And I was very surprised when someone would take that $5,000 package I actually had for a while. And it was what I still now charge three for. It's just amazing. I've, I've done more of a focus on just audio instead of lighting and audio or even video. And it's really pinpointed 80% 80, 80 of what I do. That's where the focus is. It's what the clients care about most. I'm actually ditching the the lighting company now. I'm not ditching it 100%, but I'm there's a lot of other companies that have sprung up in the last few years and I've met a lot more people and I trust them to do just that. They specialize in it. So why do I try to do two things? I used to kind of go off on the guys on the DJs that would offer photo booths. It's like, dude, focus on what you're doing. Let the other guys handle that, you know? And now I, I kind of get it, but at the same time, I'm learning to kind of relinquish things that I necessarily can't do while I'm doing my job to those other companies and, and involve them. And then that helps spread the money around a little bit more too amongst the industry. So, so do you have packages that include the lighting and the photo booth? You're just yeah. sending them out? Uh, depends on the client. Every client's different, as you know. And okay. so what I, when it gets to that point in the conversation, I, for example, the other day, I told them, hey, I'll, I'll bring all the lighting you want for your event with that price because I've already kind of included it. But as far as the photo booth, I can include one that's X amount of dollars that does this and has this extra person or spend a little bit more. I'll just send you directly to them because I don't want to make money off it. I just want to see you get a good deal and work with a good right. solution. Right. I've got a buddy that's got a VW bus that's a photo booth and it's perfect for their event. And they're like, that is awesome. So, you know, it's, it just depends on the situation okay. as far as what we're doing. I, I'm, as you know, I'm not a hard seller. I don't, I don't like push, push, push. I kind of just go, here's the info. It falls in your court. If you want it, it's you, it's, it's yours. Otherwise this other guy wants it. Right. You know, matter of fact, I did a, an online meeting the other day, Alan, I had a signed contract and money in my account by the, the end of the night. And I, again, didn't even expect it. it was that morning. I got the lead. Right. So again, if you don't jump on those leads right away too, you know, you're going to miss out on opportunities. But it's also, you, you didn't have to meet them in person. Nope. That they were interested, they were ready to buy, and you asked for the sale. Too many people look at that and then like, hey, let me know when you guys are interested. And the, the couple's like, okay. And then they go to somebody else and they buy from yeah. them. According to a Wedding Wire survey, after the wedding, couples said that about half the time they choose the first one who responds. Yep. So the timing certainly matters. But this other part about, you know, subbing out to other people. I did two webinars uh, this year, earlier this year, about when a, like a venue or a caterer, let's say, refers vendors. Like if you get referred business, there are some venues and caterers around the country, not every, not every area, not every one, that want a referral fee commission, whatever, right? Ah. And then, but the same thing within the industry. I know people that will sub out to that, that photo booth and they will, give, they will give you back something for that oh, referral. Yeah. Yep. Because, and what it comes down very simply is 
We get business because we put ourselves in front of audiences. We get business by advertising ourselves, marketing ourselves, networking. Like when you brought me to that networking lunch, there yeah. was a cost to come to that lunch. There was a cost of time to come to that lunch. There's a cost to get yourself yeah. in front of an audience. It's okay. Uh, you know, uh, artists, right? You, you play music all the time from different artists. They have agents. They pay their agents a, com right, a commission. Managers yeah. get commissions. It's not unusual to do that. Some people always call it a kickback. And, you know, if somebody sends me business and they say, and I've had this happen, I spoke in Mexico one time and they said, okay, you know, here, I told them my price. They said, could you add X on top of that for us? I said, if sure, you're, you're referring me the business. You, you know, I told you what I want. If you tell the client it's more than that and that's your piece, I'm okay because I got my piece, you know, yeah, I'm all right exactly. with that. I didn't yeah. go, oh, I could have had that money. No, they referred me business right, yeah. that I wouldn't have had. Yep. And in that case, they were bringing me to Mexico to a five-star resort. Okay, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Workation, right? Yeah, it's not so bad. So, <laughs> so, so, this, so this right-sizing the business. You're pretty much you, but you're not you, right? Like, if, like you said, you have people that you could still refer if you're either not available or you're not the right fit, which is a very important thing that people have to remember. Yep. Sometimes you're not the right fit, and the best thing for the customer is to give them somebody else. Yeah. Right. I do that all the time. Like, you know, I, I'm not the expert on that. Let me get you the expert on that. Yeah. Or whether it's I'm a particular not, style of music or. Right. right. Or, or language. Right. Somebody says, do you have somebody that can do a, you know, Tagalog and, a, and Spanish at the wedding? Because, you know, it's, it's a Philippine, uh, you know, Mexican, whatever, you know, can you yeah, do bilingual, that? I need a bilingual DJ. <laughs> right. Comes up every once in a while. Right. And you know what? That's important to the customer. You happen to yep. know one, refer it, and it's up to you and that other person whether or not there's any, you know, referral fee or whatever. That that's yeah. that's not what we're here to talk about today. Yeah. But the idea of right sizing. So you're you're forgetting COVID, right? Just in general, yeah. you're because things are coming back for you now, you're happier or not happier as just Adam. Very much. Matter of fact, hindsight's twenty twenty as we know, Alan. Mm -hmm. And I, I still, to this day, look back to that decision to go solo, like Justin Timberlake left NSYNC. It's one of the best decisions I could have made for not, not, not necessarily financially, mm -hmm. but yes, financially and for my sanity and my, and my stress level. Mm -hmm. I was able to spend more time with my wife and my kids. That was uh, 2012 was the year my son was born. He's nine now. So wow. it's, uh, it's been a ride, as they say. You know, mm -hmm. the train was chugging along cruising when the COVID pandemic hit. And it was a slap to a lot of our faces in the industry that were, whether we were self-employed or just just freelance workers, audio, video, lighting, et cetera. And uh, I feel really bad for people who were shut down because we were shut down to 0%. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, restaurants and bars. And, well, they were still able to operate at 50% capacity. I was, here I in was, New Jersey. Not, really? They, yeah, they, were they, they shut down 100% or? They were shut down 100%. And we didn't open uh, indoor dining till September of 2020. And then oh, it, was like, it was like 25% capacity. Yeah. See, every state handled it differently. Yeah. And, uh, I, I have clients in Texas and they're like, oh yeah, COVID, right? That was a thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they, they really shut down did. for like 10 minutes. And uh, yeah. same thing in Florida. I just came back from an event in Florida and they're like, yeah, yeah, we shut down that day. You know, and, <laughs> and, and you know, the rest of the world, it, it is really different all over. The good news is you're getting lots of leads in now, right? Totally. Um, yeah. And that's what I'm hearing it, it, all over. The inquiries are flying, not only for last minute stuff this year, there's a little bit of corporate trickling in for holiday parties at the end of the year, which is, I know a lot of people up here, we're very seasonal in the Northwest. <laughs> yeah. 
but going into next year, even it's, it's a little scary, but I've, my calendar's filling up for next summer already. So that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm hearing all over is if you continued, and I know it was tough for a lot of people, if you continue to market, if you continue to keep yourself out there, when it, it we were expecting this kind of ramp up, right? It was going to ramp up and it kind of went from zero to a hundred, right? Yeah. It was like nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing. Frenzy. Like, boom, it's frenzied. And, and now it's those 2021s, right? Like you said, the last minutes plus the postponements and all that other kind of stuff, yeah. plus 2022. I don't think until we get to 2023, we're going to be back to kind of normal. a normal number of weddings. I agree. Uh, this is going to be the biggest number of weddings in our lifetime. Everybody listening here, I don't care how young you are, how old you are, this, there will be more weddings in 2021 than any other time in your lifetime because of that, what, di- what ha- didn't happen. What didn't year. happen in 2020, yeah. Right. <laughs> Normally, we're about 2.1, 2.2 million weddings a year. We're thinking there's going to be about 3 million this year. We're not really sure. We'll see when the, when the year ends up. And then next year, we're thinking it'll be a little bit higher again because you still had some people that kicked the can down the road. Uh, so 2023, you know, is looking like that's going to be more. Um, but the great news is weddings, right? Weddings still come back. W- weddings are there. Holiday parties, you know, with the Delta variant, you're going to have some holiday parties are going to be like, we're not sure, but people well, are getting married. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The social is back for sure. I have noticed kind of a small trend, but I think and maybe this is just me. Uh, in my bubble, um, events are smaller, less yes. people are attending events. I've only had a couple of opportunities where we've done hybrid events, i.e., for example, even just the ceremony, we stream the ceremony from an iPad right. and people can f- tune into that Facebook group at least and, and watch the ceremony that weren't able to right. come to the wedding. But it is what it is. We're moving forward mm-hmm. and I'm just, I'm excited to be back at it. I have a really challenging event this weekend. It's we're running off of batteries. And there's no power and we're out in the middle of nowhere, essentially. And, you know, there might be some generators involved, but I'm trying to come up with solutions to run sound off of batteries without having a generator or burning gas. And so battery solutions are kind of where I'm moving for the future. Yeah. Solar. I have a solar panel for hundred Watts. It won't keep the 400 watt draw (laughs) of my speakers uh, going during dancing. And that's just the basic end too. That's not the big sound system. So right, exactly. Uh, but 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 it's still it's still challenging to learn about amps and watts and power and and apply that to making sure people have music at their event and right Start where there's no draws. power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I have uh, solar panels on my house and I have okay. a backup generator. And when I got the backup generator, we had to figure not just how many how much power things use, but like the air conditioning when it starts up. Yeah, the startup power. Right. Yep. And, and you couldn't both, we have upstairs, downstairs, so both of them couldn't start up at the same time. They have to go at different times. And, and then the solar panels, well, you know, it's cloudy today, right? So yep. cloudy today, I'm, I'm drawing, I'm making power, but not as much as I'm using, right? Yeah. So well, same uh, with refrigerators. So when those, those pumps turn on, that's yep. a surge. And I would say yep. hair dryers too, but that doesn't apply to you. Yeah. Uh, no, definitely no. <laughs> doesn't apply to me. Uh, hair dryers, uh, irons, and you think again, hair dryers, I don't need a hair dryer, but people are getting ready at the wedding <laughs> yep, and if totally. they need hair dryers there. So, um, again, try to be environmentally friendly, try yeah. to have a, you know, lower, lower carbon footprint when you can, yeah. uh, important, but the idea of the idea of scaling here, you are, you did your, your rise and your fall, but your fall was on purpose. Your fall wasn't a push. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, let's bring in less money, but let's keep more of it. Right. And, and, and let's that, work with, let's be a little bit more stress-free in our work environment. 
So 2019, um, you would say that you you profited more, even though the gross was less than what you had been doing before. Yeah, I would say it was the transition kind of took place between 2011 and 2014 or 15, right? In 14, 15, 15, I had this thing nailed down. 15, 16, 17, 18, uh, it kind of just solidified. But then by 2019, I, again, I I felt like I was in cruise control to retirement. Yeah, and. <laughs> And you're a young man. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's another thing is we get older, we got to start thinking about that. Cause in my twenties, I really didn't put anything away. Thirties. I started putting it away. Once I hit 40, I went, Oh my gosh, I'm not putting enough away. So I started putting more away. And of course you yeah. hit the wall. We hit the COVID wall. Right. You know? So this is a, this is a side discussion, but if anybody listening here in your twenties, time is the biggest thing on your side. Both of my sons, when they got their first on the books job at 16, we opened Roth IRAs for them. Nice. And the guy at the bank who was in his 30s, he told him, he said, listen, if you put away a little bit every year and I put away the max that I could do starting now, he said, I can never catch up to you because time is the one thing that you can't make up. And that's the important thing. So yeah, we do want to look at that, uh, you know, and, and listen, we know guys in the industry and in your industry that are in their 50s and 60s and they're killing it out there doing it because they love doing it. Uh, you can see my COVID beard, so I'm closer to retirement than you, but I love doing what I'm doing also. And I've been doing, gosh, I keep saying this, 10 years since I left the knot. I do consult for them now, but 10 years since I left the knot, I was there for 11 and been in the industry over 25 years. I got my push, right? I, Me and a whole bunch of people got our push and said, you know, you should go find something else to do. And I found what I love. But one thing, if I don't know if everybody heard this, you scaled back on the services you provide just like I did. And I noticed in COVID, a lot of people and a lot of businesses scaled back and they said, like restaurants, scaled their menus down and said, we're not going to offer as many things. Your menu, if you will, air quotes, if you're listening, <laughs> it, you know, you said, listen, lighting, I have a guy and, and photo booth, I have a guy. And you know, if you need that, I have somebody who can do that. This is what I do. This is what I love to do. This is what I'm really good at. And this is what I'm going to do for you. And if you're listening, if you can Profit yourself that way. You don't have to spread yourself thin doing all these other things just to bring in more gross when you're not necessarily going to bring in more net or in your case, bring in more agita, bring in more hard, you know, more, more, more headaches with these other things there. So last thoughts for people here that are thinking about right sizing their business, scaling up, scaling down. What is the, you know, I wish I knew then what I knew now. Yeah, I just, I think sitting down and analyzing truly what you do, what your value is and what your time is worth. And then what your costs are, do some math, sit down and do some math and figuring and leave yourself a little wiggle room so that you can give a dog a bone when you need to, so to speak, i.e. I offer a military discount because when, you know, run into somebody that was in the military, it served our country, or for example, I've got a, a military function next weekend for 400 troops on, on one of our local bases here. Make it worthwhile to go out and have fun and do what you do. Right. And, and the, you know, the whole idea of discounting and negotiating, it's one of my most popular podcast episodes so yep. far, <laughs> is, you know, there's a reason for offering it. You don't have to just because somebody asks. You know, a military discount is a wonderful thing to do to say thanks to the troops. You don't have to do that because your time is still your time. Uh, and that's a personal choice of you. And if somebody says, you know, do you offer it? They're asking a question. And if the answer is yes, it's yes. My dad's 91 and he's a veteran. And he goes someplace, he, he carries his discharge card in his wallet at 91, yep. <laughs> right? And you know whether it's the ice cream place or whatever it is, he's pulling his thing out there. And sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes the answer is no. 
That is yeah. just what it is. Adam, I will put it into the show notes, but if anybody wanted to find out more about you, where would be the best place to go? The best place uh, to get a plethora of information about me is adamsdjservice.com. Okay. Uh, it is my mobile DJ website. Again, that when it pertains to the wedding industry and what I do, that's that's where I direct people to go. I've tried to put information on it and I, I even utilize it in my presentation. Now I used to utilize just a separate presentation, but now I use the website so that when clients have questions, they can go back and they know where to find the answers. That's great. So, That's great. Wonderful. Yeah. So Adam, thank you so much for joining me and for sharing well, your you story all. here of scaling, scaling up, scaling down, and even pivoting within, <laughs> within the industry we were talking before. I look forward to getting out to the to the Pacific Northwest at some point soon. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I yeah, it's been a while since I've been out there or or anywhere actually, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. So, thank you, my friend, and I will uh, see you again soon. Thank you, Alan. Have a good one. Hi, it's Alan Berg. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wedding Business Solutions Podcast. You can find full transcripts on my website at podcast.allenberg. And if you have a suggestion for a topic for a new episode or even a guest, please let me know at alan at weddingbusinesssolutions.com. And if you'd like to find out about having me come and speak to your association or a conference or do sales training in person or remotely for your team, whether you're a team of one or a team of a hundred, please let me know again, alan at weddingbusinesssolutions.com. Thanks for listening.